side by now has it, and he's set. Play action. Looking left. Pump fake. Now going for the end zone. Towards the end zone and open and in for the score. Robbie Cantelli. Take that, Mammoth. He scores, and it's 13-0 Fordham. First and 10 for the Rams. Play action. Anderson from his own 46. Firing for Longy at the 20. He has him inside the 15. Now cuts it back near side, and he gets into the end zone. 54 yards. Anderson to Austin Longy. And the Rams are back on top. Third and one again up the middle. Welch, he's eaten up in the backfield. Did the ball come out? I think it did. Beanbag has been thrown out. Fordham football. They give to Edmonds running left side, pushing his way forward, and he got to be in, and he is. Chase Edmonds puts the Rams back on top by six. 40-34. And with that, welcome to Monday Night Quarterback presentation of WFUV Sports focusing on Fordham football. Drew Casey with Pat Costello, and we start the show as we always do with a look back with Coach Andrew Biner. Coach, how you doing? I'm doing well. How are you guys? Good, good. All right, Coach, tough loss, 42-41 in OT with the two-point conversion to end it. What, um, when you, if we work backwards here, you get the ball in, in OT first, the, they score, or you guys score a touchdown, and then you know that they need a touchdown and a two to win. Is there any thought at all of you guys going for two first? No, no, absolutely not. Um, in that situation, you want to take the points. Um, you want to make sure that that you get, you know, you get the six and, and you get mm -hmm. the seventh, uh, which obviously wasn't a, a guarantee. They they you know blocked the first one, so get the seven and, and force them to, to score a touchdown. Um, and then if they if they want to go for two for the win, then that's the the risk is on them. Mm -hmm. um, and, and they did that and and they won the football game. And and once they saw, once they line up for that two point conversion after there was a timeout called by them, and their kicker is is trying to trick you guys, but it was pretty clear that they were going to go for two. What was the the defensive uh, mindset there? No, we uh, we have a defensive call. We have a series of defensive calls that we have ready for uh, two point plays, and 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 we made made the call that we thought was best and, and quite frankly had a communication issue um, with the coverage, and and we did we cut somebody loose. Coach, switching gears a little bit, um, Chase Edmonds had an unbelievable day again. Four touchdowns, over 200 yards rushing, broke the uh, record for rushing touchdowns in Fordham history. How good is he, and what do you think his ceiling is? Does he even have a ceiling? Jeez. He he's a guy that continues to improve as a football player each and every week. He's obviously very talented. You know, as I've said before, it's not just talent. It's it's extremely hard work. It's knowing the game plan, knowing the opponent, knowing how people are going to try to defend him, um, and 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 you know, using using all of those things to to be productive. And, and as far as the ceiling goes, I don't know where it is. Uh, he's a very talented football player that has all the intangibles that you look for as well. So I I know that he can continue to get better we'll talk with chase edmonds a little bit later here on monday night quarterback but let's take a listen to his third touchdown which with an extra point tied the game with uh, less than two minutes left in regulation and in my eyes was probably his most impressive run of the game they give to edmonds running 45 cuts it back between the hashes burst through the 50 rolls a defender past the 40 yard line one man to beat inside the 20 looking left side pylon cuts it back and he's into the end zone Chase Edmonds is unbelievable. He leveled about half of the Mammoth defense himself on one run, and pending the extra point, this game will be tied. 
So trying to compete with some of your staff through the walls next to us, they were excited. We were all excited, especially with the way that the game had transpired in that second half. And he just took over it. And that don't that for don't forget the big Kevin Anderson run on third and some teen, 15 or so. Um, but Chase takes over. Is, is that the most impressive run you've seen from him almost, or is that hard to quantify? Jeez, it's definitely among the, the top two or three. Um, you know, that was a, a, an inside zone play that, that we knew there was going to be an unblocked defender backside, and, and, you know, we talked to Chase. You have to know where the unblocked defenders are, and they're your responsibility. So, he, you know, the, the read had him wind it back to uh, that unblocked defender, and it's a one-on-one battle, and, and our guy won it. And, Coach, one of the things that you were saying on the sidelines, we heard this from our sideline reporter, Tom, is that you needed your receivers to step up and make a play. How do you think they responded to that? Um, we made some plays. The, the Austin Longy play at the, the end of the first half was huge, right. um, was, was a huge play and a, a very well-executed route, a great throw by Kevin. Uh, but we need to be more consistent at the wide receiver position. Uh, we, need to make, we need to make a bigger impact on the game on a more consistent basis. Right. Following following the pen game or during the pen game, the second half was noticeably different than the first half and the at least the beginning parts of the second half against Monmouth was noticeably different than the first half against Monmouth. Is is that a concern? Has has there been a, a message to, to try and correct that going forward? Absolutely. Absolutely. We uh especially on the offensive side of the ball need to do a much better job coming out of halftime. Um the defense, you know, has done a, a tremendous job of, of continuing to stop the opponent's offense um, and, and our offense needs to do a better job of capitalizing on those early possessions in the second half particularly when you have a two-score lead you know and, and that was the message at halftime this past week it was not received the way it needed to be and we're going to have to take a look at what can we do um, from an offensive perspective to start faster uh, in the second half and coach after the first Chase Edmonds touchdown uh, the point after attempt was blocked was that something that you guys stressed a lot to your team during practice during the week at all or absolutely we knew that their field goal or extra point block unit was very very good they blocked several already I'm going to be honest with you it was a low kick the the ball hit that hit our own guy our own player uh, in the back we got to get the ball up right and then later in the game you have a chance to to win on the the game-winning field goal five seconds left the clock did expire after the, the miss from McKay Red Windy all day, but was it a, a no, you know, no thought to that decision? Go for the win from 47 yards, I believe it was. Yes, absolutely. McKay has a strong enough leg to get there. Uh, we had we had the wind with us. Actually, was you know made the decision to take the wind in the fourth quarter if we needed it. It turned out to be a a good decision. So we had the wind with us. Just missed. A little bit of a positive, at least in my eyes, is the defense's ability to create turnovers this year. What do you think has made them so successful? I think it's up to 15 forced turnovers in the last three games. Yeah, the defense is doing a tremendous job of taking the football away. It's an emphasis um, from the coaching staff uh, during practice during the week is to, to take the football away, and to and the players' credit, they do a great job of you know continuing to play to the whistle, and, and if there's an opportunity to, to get the ball out, they do so. And then more importantly, when the ball hits the ground, we're just jumping on it guys are aware that the ball is on the ground and, and we're recovering it coach lastly here on a, on a look back having practice the very next day on Sunday is that the very best thing for this program given such an emotional loss sure yeah and that that's our schedule each and every week as we practice on Sundays um, you know so whether it's uh, getting over a win and, and getting back to work uh, or after a loss to get back out there and, and run around and and start to take a look at the next opponent um, yeah Sunday Sundays are a good day to put 
last week uh, to bed and, and start focusing on the next week. Coach, thanks very much. We'll look ahead in just a bit. Thanks. Now time for X's and O's as we're joined by a member of the Fordham coaching staff to look back at the previous game, and that would be against the Monmouth Hawks, and look ahead to the game against Lafayette this coming weekend. And this this week we have the pleasure of being joined by Shane Fogarty, the running backs coach and special teams coordinator. Coach, how are you doing today? Doing great. Doing great. Thanks for having me. You're welcome. You're welcome. Thanks for uh, thanks for stopping by. Let's start with Chase Edmonds. He uh, just joined the, the program uh, a little bit ago, or actually I should say he will join the program in just a little bit. Breaking records all over the place, total touchdowns, rushing touchdowns. What? When did you see the talent that he could be? Did you think he could be this good this quick? Um, obviously, I wasn't here Chase's freshman year. Uh, I knew the running backs coach and, and the program um, prior and, and saw great things from him. And then when I, when I got a chance to meet him in person, um, I knew that, that from there his, his want and desire and his hard work and 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 really just his focus uh, would enable him to continue to do some of the very good things that, that you could see on film from his freshman year. And, Coach, one of the guys who's been important to Chase's success is actually his backup, Kendall Piercy. Uh, most guys probably wouldn't want to embrace that role, but it seems like Kendall's done that. How important has he been to Chase's success? Kendall's great. Um, he's a leader in the, in the meeting room. Um, he certainly focuses his attention on specifically learning the game plan each and every week. He brings that senior leadership. He's been in the program when there are two running backs in a in a spring uh, spring practices, and he's been in the program when there are four running backs. So he knows um, what his job is, and and really he has he's been solid his entire career. He's been somebody um, that that makes his way onto the field, and somebody that we are are very fortunate to have in our program. One more quick thing on running backs, but before I get to the question, let's take a listen to Chase Edmonds' second touchdown of the day from this past Saturday. Second and goal from the one-yard line. 24 seconds left in the second quarter. Three receivers to the far side, all in single coverage. They give it to Chase Edmonds up the middle, spins forward to the end zone, keeps the legs moving, and gets into the end zone. That's one of the most impressive one-yard runs you will see, folks. Yeah, that as he was, was eaten up at the three-yard line and spun, kept the legs moving, fell in backwards, and the Rams have another six points. And that, indeed, is momentum, folks, right there. So, Coach, uh, Chase Edmonds, the football player, we've talked about his exploits. That was his two of four touchdowns on this past Saturday against Monmouth. But what kind of person is Chase? Um, I think he, he has a little bit of dual personality. Uh, in, in the meeting room, he is completely focused when I talk with him. He is focused on football, on learning the intricate details, but I can obviously tell when, when he's with the team and, and in the cafeteria and in class and walking around campus, I have a feeling he's a very <laughs> outgoing, outspoken individual um, that really enjoys his time uh, being here at Fordham. Well, let's flip to the, to the special teams part of it real quick. First off, how does one coach, how do you fall into a role where you're coaching an offensive position group and then also special teams? How do you balance that? Um, I'm very fortunate Coach Briner uh, allowed me to, to have this opportunity. Uh, I'd worked with special teams in the past, always worked through uh, with special teams in my career. And, you know, I think it, he, he really uh, trusts what we're doing as a staff. I mean, I utilize everybody that's on the staff um, in order to put together a game plan. You know, every single position coach 
uh, is involved in special teams, and really, it's a it's a joint effort that is headed by me, and and I do what you know what is asked from the head coach, and and uh you know I think we need to continue to to strive to work better and 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 compete better, and and really that th- at that point we will become um we will, we will develop an advantage on special teams throughout the remainder of the season. Coach Joe Pavlik has played in every game he's uh, been able to since he's been here. How big of an asset is he to special teams as a whole and to the team as a whole? Joe Joe obviously is a senior captain. He's a great leader. Um, I actually recruited Joe when he first got here, um, and I and I left prior. Uh, but he, what Joe brings is his mentality. As a specialist, you need to have a mentality where all that matters is the next opportunity. And you can go out and shank one. You can go out and drop the ball. You can go out and do a, a million different things. But he has that next kick mentality, and he brings that with him. He's, he's a fierce, fierce competitor. Um, you can see that in any workout you'd ever watch of the guy. You can show up at our practices and see him work for two and a half hours on something, getting himself better. Um and the rest of the team recognizes that. The rest of the coaching staff recognizes that. And ultimately, the rest of the specialists in which he's the leader of the group, they see that and, and they they understand what the standard is. And he has done a great job in his career here setting, setting the standard. Coach, it was an emotional game this past Saturday against Monmouth, back and forth. You guys had an opportunity to win the game in the final seconds of regulation. A field goal was short right or missed right off of McKay Red. What did you see? It looked like to us that it was just slightly mishit when he when he went into that ball. Um, I you know I hadn't had a chance to talk to uh, to McKay, but I think what happened was he really didn't follow through on that kick. He's made that kick in practice. He's made that kick in games, I believe, throughout his career. Oh yeah. Um, and and he is a clutch performer. And the and the next thing about McKay is he has that next kick mentality. Mm-hmm. I know that he will at some point in the season he will make that kick or another kick. Um, in order to get us in a position to win but I think he he just he sort of uh, he sort of didn't really follow through and I think Mm -hmm. that that caused the ball to tail off a little bit at the end last question you've mentioned it a couple of times you were you were here in 2012 then went on to UConn for a year Colby for a year and now you're back what uh what led you back uh, to to the Fordham football program um great opportunity uh great opportunity to work for uh coach Moorhead and and now coach Briner um, you know, my wife is, is a school teacher, uh, in New Jersey and then we left and then she, she wanted that opportunity back again. Um, so we were able to come back. Uh, my daughter was born here. So, um, you know, I do call this, you know, in terms of this area home. Um, and, and, it, you know, it's a great program, a great program with, with great young men that I get an opportunity to work with. I get an opportunity to, to interact with each and every day. And I think that's ultimately, um, you know, that opportunity I couldn't pass up. So coming back to Fordham um, really has been has been a great um, a great choice for me. Coach, thanks very much for uh, for joining us here on Monday Night Quarterback. Look forward to the rest of the season, and best of luck this week. Thank you very much. Now time for Inside the Huddle. We're joined by two players of the Fordham football team, junior running back Chase Edmonds, sophomore linebacker Noah Fitzgerald. Guys, thanks for joining us. Thanks for having us. Thanks Appreciate for having it. us. Appreciate it.
right, guys, I'm going to start with you, Chase. Um, before we get into the Mammoth game, just on, on a personal note, the, the way you've been playing recently has, has put you over the hump in, in some records. Congratulations first. Thank you. Uh, most touchdowns overall at Fordham in a career and now most rushing touchdowns as well. What has allowed you to, to get to that mark in just four games of your junior season? Uh, you know, I just I give all the glory to God, but um, most importantly, you know, I have some great teammates, and I was fortunate enough to come in and play immediately my freshman year, and I had a good freshman year, you know, and a successful sophomore year, and you really just contribute that to the offense and the scheme that we run and the system that we run, and it's just a really good job of, you know, attacking the defenses by running the ball, and, you know, we're just effective at it. And, and Noah, switching to you here uh, quickly, sophomore season for you. Yes, sir. Linebacker. Four fumble recoveries through four games. Uh, what's been working uh, w with getting on top of that football once it's punched out? Uh, to be honest with you, it's it's by chance. It's uh, by chance and by hustle. Um, I, I always try to get to the ball as quick as possible. Just uh, make plays on the ball, and it just so happens the ball comes out, and I'm not gonna not gonna make I'm gonna make the most of the opportunity. Chase, getting back to you real quick. Is are those records something that you know going into the game? Do you even think about it, or is it just afterwards someone tells you and you're like, "Oh, that's cool." <laughs> um, I actually learned about the record. Uh, I think it was the the last game when I actually got the rushing touchdown record or the, the right. all-purpose mm -hmm. record, yeah. whatever it was. That was the first time I even heard about it. I don't really try to pay no mind to them. I don't really try to pay attention to it. I try to just focus on what I have to do as a player to make sure that we can get a win. And, and guys, before we play a highlight from each of you from this past weekend. The Mammoth game, 42-41, you guys lose in overtime. What um, what didn't go right down the stretch, and what do you guys hope to improve on heading into Lafayette this week? Uh, finish mentality. You know, we, we came in and we had a great momentum boost with the two touchdowns like within a minute of each other going into the halftime. Yep. We really talked about just finishing Mammoth and really finishing the drive and kind of just killing the game. And uh, we really had two opportunities on the offensive side of the ball where our defense did a great job of stopping Mama's offense and giving us a turnover. We couldn't get the job done to score in the end zone. And the next thing you know, you know, they score on, I think, a screenplay for like 72 yep, yards. Big, one. big momentum play. And, and the next thing you know, we're in overtime. We did a great job of fighting back, but it's one of those things where it's on us to finish the game. And mm -hmm. as an offense, that's on us. And what about from, from the defensive side now? Uh, just speaking on what Chase was talking about, just playing complimentary football, basically. Uh, they scored two times right before the half. We set up one of those. And then just having a finishing mentality, just being able to, to capitalize when they're down and we have the momentum. Uh, they uh, scored, We scored two two times quick before the half, and we just we couldn't stop them coming out of the second half just based off a couple uh, momentum plays that we just couldn't get to get back going and stop the slide. Chase, a four-touchdown day for you on Saturday. Let's take a listen to the first one, maybe not even the most impressive one of the day, and then we'll uh, take me through it. Second and 10 for the Rams from their own 23. They'll give it to Edmonds, running left hash, has a hole, cuts it back to the far side to the 30. Now he gets into the second level, past midfield. He could go here, folks. One man to beat as he crosses the 25-yard line. Outside towards the pylon, dives for the pylon, and he's in. Touchdown, Chase Edmonds. Just when things didn't look right with a couple of drop passes, Chase Edmonds goes for 77 yards, and the Rams are up 6-0. Trying to compete with Coach Pace and the coaching staff, the accommodations, <laughs> they were actually right behind us yeah. for part of the game and right next to us. So that was a fun uh, fun atmosphere. <clears throat> that run right there, yeah. what um, you know, what did you see and how were you able to, to break it out? It just seemed like you found one hole and just took it on a straight line almost to the end zone. Um, I'm pretty sure we were in the uh, form of an inside zone that we run. And I think the tight end, Faison, did a great job of getting to the linebacker. I kind of cut off him, but our center as well. 
uh, Ben Hartman did a great job of scooping up to the linebacker, Peyton Minnick, actually my friend for Monmouth. Mm-hmm. And I cut off of Ben's butt, and then um, I saw the boundary safety, and I just kind of made him miss, and then the rest is history. You just got to outrun everybody and outrun the angles. And Noah, we'll, we'll get a look at one of your fumble recoveries here and take the same process. Four receivers, two to either side, first and five from the Fordham 39. We need the 34 for a first down. They'll give it to Cheney. He lost the football. It's on the turf, and it's picked up nearly by Fitzgerald. Now he falls on it, and he has the football. And I believe that that was George Dawson. So you're, you've been in the center of a lot of defensive plays. George has been in the center of a lot of defensive plays, a couple of interceptions for him. Uh, what do you see there, and, and what has been working so well for the linebacking core in enforcing turnovers? Uh, to be honest with you, we play off of George. We follow George. Uh, he's, the, he's the head of our, our linebacking core. He's the head of our defense. Um, we all just try to make plays, uh, try to be the uh, best we can be behind him. Just uh, pl- basically playing off of him. Uh, like like you said, he forced the ball out. And as an instinctive player, I mean, I've been playing this game for years. You just see the ball, you just go after it. I mean, it's, uh, fumble recoveries aren't that hard. Mm-hmm. Fumble, forcing yeah. the fumbles is the tough part. And that's where George is great at. And Noah, Monmouth had three and actually even played four running backs. And they had a couple of great wide receivers, uh, Reggie White Jr. and... Uh, Darren Ambush. Yeah. What was the biggest challenge for you guys coming into this week, and what was something that maybe the coaches stressed to you? Uh, they definitely stressed uh, the first running back, uh, Cheney's uh, powerful, like lower half, how uh, how elusive he was. And to be honest with you, after George forced that second fumble, he we didn't really see too much of him for the rest of the game. Right. We also uh, stressed uh, how much they pushed the ball to nine and seven, uh, Reggie uh, and then Ambush. Um, we knew they were going to force feed him the ball, and uh, we it, it, we just turned out that they made a couple uh, big plays. Seven really didn't do too much. Nine is the is the one who really really killed us. Right, Chase. You mentioned playing with Peyton, your your friend yeah. from high school. Yeah. I mean, what what is that like? I mean, he, he's trying to tackle you. You're trying to yeah. roll him over. What's um, that like? It's, no, it's actually a great experience, man. You know, uh, Peyton's my boy from way back, and uh, he's one of my closest friends from back home. And when you have somebody that you're that close to and you guys, you know, you're living the dream just like you both worked so hard in mm-hmm. high school just to try to get a Division One scholarship yeah. and then be able to just share the field with Peyton and really compete against him for the first time in my life, it's great, mm-hmm. man. You know, you have fun with it. You talk a little smack, yeah. help each other up. But at the end of the day, I'm trying to win for my team. He's trying to win for his team. And um, yeah. they got the better of us. And, you know, I, I kind of congratulated him. He was really the only person I talked to after the game. Okay. I went on to the, to the locker room. But, you know, it's, it's great. We had so many friends there to watch the yeah. game. And, it was a good game for the crowd, but it was an, yeah. obviously not a good game for us. Nice. Uh, Noah, in the second half, it seemed like they were able to establish the run more. What did you notice on defense that changed from their first half, maybe an adjustment that they made that kind of changed and helped them in the second half? Uh, one thing they definitely took advantage of was uh, – they they ran a uh, a version of an outside zone that we hadn't seen too much. Um, we had repped it a couple times in practice, but we never really got it down to where we felt comfortable like fitting it up properly. And they just honestly just kept running. It. They stuck with it, and we just didn't have an answer for it when it came to scheme blitz or anything. We didn't have an answer for it, and that's what happened. We stopped their main primary run, and we just didn't have an answer for the second. Right, guys. Last question here before a, before a fun one to to end it. What um, what's the mood amongst the team? You guys had practice yesterday, off today, and then practice tomorrow. Are you using this loss as motivation, or is it more of a forget and move on? 
You never want to uh, let a loss beat you twice. That's one thing that Coach Bonner always harps on. That's something that I believe is true. You don't want to keep looking back at Monmouth and thinking like, oh, we got to use this game as motivation or Navy. Oh, we got to really go, go, go. It's kind of just we got to focus on the next opponent, take it one week at a time, and just go one and one, oh, every week, you know. We're not. Nobody's panicking yet. You know, we're still here. Mm-hmm. We still believe we're the best team in the Patriot League. We still believe we're an elite team in this college football in the FCS. It's just that we got to put it all together. We got to play complimentary football, and we just got to stick together and band together. George Dawson and Caleb Ham enjoyed this question when I asked it to them last week after practice one day. You guys are playing Madden. First off, who wins, and by how many? Oh no, Chase, stop playing. We already know Madden going on. Chase, you beat me twice. No, it's not four. It's like it's like two one. It's definitely two one. Okay, all right. He's a liar. Don't don't say it. I definitely beat him more than two times. Who do you play as? Who are your teams? We always do three randoms. Three randoms. Three randoms. Okay, fair. If you didn't have to do the randoms, who would you pick? If I didn't have to do yeah, that, who, who would you be your pick? go-to pick? Honestly, I'm a matchup kind of guy. It's all about matchups for me. So, <laughs> okay. like, if Noah wants to see, get, like, an air raid team, I'm going to get, like, the Broncos. See, he okay. want to actually oh. strategize. I'm just trying to enjoy the game. He want to he wanna run inside zone yeah, and talk matchups. all this smack like we playing real games. <laughs> all about matchups. All right, guys. Well, thanks for joining us, uh, and best of luck against Lafayette and uh, the rest of the season. Appreciate sure. it. Thank you, guys. Thanks, guys. Now time for coming up next with Coach Andrew Briner as we preview the Fordham and Lafayette game, the first Patriot League game of the season for Fordham as they open up and look to get a championship, of course. And, Coach, let's let's get right into it. Having started prep for Lafayette the last couple of, of days or 36, 48 hours or so, um, why don't we start with what do you see on tape about uh, about that Lafayette defense? Lafayette is, is very stout on defense, um, have some very good football players, uh, very well coached. Uh, Art Link is the defensive coordinator. Uh, having gone against him for the last couple of years, I, I know he'll have his guys in a position. It's a challenge, um, you know, what they, what they do. Uh, they're, they're schemed up. They, they've changed what they do against us the last couple of years. They've gotten away from their base defense and, and done something a little bit more unique to us. So to prepare both for base defense and, and what they could do to us is a challenge. Uh, but it's one that we'll, we'll, we'll work through and then we'll be ready to go. And what about on the flip side, looking at uh, their offense, how does that look to help prepare your defense? Right, and you saw it you know, against Holy Cross. They, they unfortunately lost Drew Reed um, early in the game, and, and Searfoss came in and, and didn't skip a beat. And again, I'm going to compliment the, the coordinators at, at Lafayette. Mickey Fine is, uh, is a tremendous offensive coordinator, you know, really creative, does a great job of, of keeping you balanced, uh, both run the pass but formationally, and, and, and you know, does a really, really good job. And what's one thing that you'd like to see Kevin Anderson maybe improve on going into next week? Yeah, consistency. Uh, consistency. You know, Kevin's a, a very good player that, that is playing at a at a high level. Um, but for us, and as as a pass game in general, you know, we we talked about the receivers earlier. I think uh, you know, from a pass game in general, we need to be more consistent. And coming off a loss in general, especially an emotional one like the loss at Monmouth this past weekend, do you tell the team? Hey, we forget it and move on, or do you use it as motivation? No, I. You know, we. The first thing you have to do after every game, win or lose, is take a look at the tape and learn from it and become a better football player from watching that tape. Win or lose. Um, you know, I told him. You know, we're not gonna. We don't. We cannot let the Mammoth game beat us twice. Um, we need to put it in the past. But you do have to have that that little bit of burning desire. You know, in in your belly. You know, coming off a loss, especially as you mentioned, an emotional one. But to me, the, the the emphasis this week, the focus this week is this is our first conference league play, and and every game 
matters. We we prepare for every single game of the season, but the reality is is that conference games they count more. Um, and, and so you know the the level of intensity, the level of focused, uh, the level of preparation, it it has to increase for conference games. Coach, one of the guys that we probably don't talk about as much as we should is Kendall Piercy. How good is he? And Going forward, how much is he going to help Chase and your offense? Yeah, Kendall's a very talented, uh, very talented running back, and, and like Chase, not just you know physical talent, but but the work ethic and and the way he prepares and the, the way he understands the game plan. Uh, and, and you can see, it. I think it, I looked at the stats the other day. Chase was I think averaged just over eight yards a carry, and Kendall averaged seven something a carry. Um, you know, so both both of those guys are capable of of impacting the game in a very positive way. You mentioned Drew Reed's injury. The starting quarterback for Lafayette took a big hit, probably should have been targeting on the Holy Cross defender, but it was not called. But what that means for you guys this week is you mentioned their backup, Searfoss, played and played very admirably uh, in in their uh, loss to Holy Cross still. But is it more difficult to prep not knowing for sure who their quarterback might be. We're fortunate that we've seen both guys. We played Drew Reed last year. We played Searfoss in, in 2013, I believe, I he, 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 the game that, that we lost at Lafayette. So we've seen both guys. Looking at their offense, um, there are some similarities to ours. I know Mickey uh, Fine really well, the offensive coordinator. Their their quarterbacks are trained in a system. Um, these guys, they're, they're very similar to each other, or pretty similar to each other, and they're system quarterbacks. And I mean that as a compliment, that they run their offense really, really well, very efficiently. Uh, so you saw it in the game against, mm-hmm. uh, against Holy Cross. They didn't start. They didn't stop throwing the ball. They didn't change anything that they were doing offensively um, when when Blake came into the game. So I I, I don't preparing for for their offense uh, more so mm-hmm. than a particular quarterback. Last question, Coach. Here, three games in a row at home coming up. You mentioned the Patriot League play starting, and it will continue with the last game, Yale, in the middle. But how important is it to have the opportunity to right the wrong of Mammoth, get back on the winning track at home for the next three weeks? It's critical. I, I said to the team on Sunday, I said to the staff on Sunday, the Mammoth loss will not define our season. How we respond to it will. Well, Coach, thanks very much. We look forward to seeing you soon this weekend, and best of luck against Lafayette. Thanks always, guys. So that'll do it for this week's episode of Monday Night Quarterback. Thanks, everyone, for joining us. But before we go, Pat, let's get our thoughts in here very quickly and Basically, it's a simple question. A 42-41 loss to Monmouth last week, an emotional one that the Rams can't pull out. They're 2-2. Two and two. Patriot League play starts this week against the Lafayette Leopards here at Jack Coffee Field in the Bronx. What do they need to improve on? Uh, I, I think that the biggest key that they have to focus on going into the next game is their second-half energy. In the first half, we've seen them come out and put up 24, I believe, against Penn, and then 27 against Monmouth and then go cold in the second half and only score seven. They need to come out in the second half and make a statement and bring a lot of energy and really play a complete game. Yeah, and I agree with you there. I would add consistency to that and looking for that full game effort as a team and from Kevin Anderson as well. He's been up and down a little bit. The stats have been clean for the most part in terms of yardage and touchdown-to-interception ratios, but it's been a lot of passes that I think he would have liked to have completed to his receivers, and that's not only on him. It's also on some of the receivers, but I'm confident that this consistency will emerge and we'll see it this weekend and that the Rams will put themselves in, in a pretty good uh, place uh, to be successful this weekend and move to 3-2. and two. Pat, it was fun. We'll do it again next week. How about it? Let's do it. All right. That does it for this week's edition of Monday Night Quarterback. Thanks to head coach Andrew Briner. 
Special teams coordinator and running backs coach Shane Fogarty, running back Chase Edmonds, and linebacker Noah Fitzgerald. Join us next week for another edition of Monday Night Quarterback. We'll look back at the Lafayette game and preview the team's matchup with Yale. We'll have our X's and O's segment with one of the coaches and inside the huddle with some of the players. Don't forget to tune into WFUV's coverage of Fordham football as the Rams take on Lafayette this Saturday, October 8th. Kickoff is set for 1 p.m. from Jack Coffee Field with a one-on-one pregame report live at 12.50 on 90.7 FM, WFUV.org, and WFUVsports.org. And this week's tailgate show gets going at 11.30 in the morning on Saturday on WFUVsports.org only. Until then, for Pat Costello, producer Jonah Haskell, engineer Billy Reinhardt, and for executive sports producer Bob Ahrens, Drew Casey saying, have a good week, everyone. Monday Night Quarterback is a presentation of WFUV Sports. We'll see you next time.